You're listening to The Poncho Section, conversations about all things media and Mel Brooks. It's a podcast. And here's your hosts, Michael Canfer and Ethan Feldstein. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Poncho Section. Today, we're joined by our good friend, Jacob Wilkins, who actually is the voice at the beginning of this podcast that you hear. And it's been it's been a long time since you've been on the show, so welcome back. Yeah, geez, I thought I fell out of favor with uh, <laughs> with the pod, but it's great to be back, <laughs> and we've all, you know, been been uh, in quarantine and all this stuff, but I'm glad to, I'm glad you're still going. The, the poncho section is, is alive and well, virtually. Yes, but I do miss thank you. Being yep. in, it used to be a fun, e- fun evenings when we would get together and, and do it, and sometimes grab dinner after. Yeah. Or, you know, so yeah, yeah. absolutely. But it was life. a fun hangout. It was right, definitely yeah. a fun hangout. So we we miss right. that, and you know, someday we'll be able to get back to it. But for right now, yep. you know, this is this actually has been working out pretty a lot better than I think we ever imagined. Definitely. Yeah. I know at the beginning of the year, we had like all these plans. We were going to be like, all right, we're going to have all these guests on and this and that. And then the pandemic hit and that was just like, well, what are we going to do? And so we had to take like, I guess a couple of months just to like figure it out. And this has been surprisingly good. I mean, knock on wood. Yeah, no, it's, it's gone well so far. And, um, but that's been the thing with a lot of podcasts lately is that I think a lot of people are figuring out what they're able to do and, and like, it's just amazing what we're capable of now. And then, and then on the flip side, there's things that you're like, you'd think that we'd have under control at this point, and yet we still don't, given the technology right. we have. But that's a whole nother discussion. Yeah. We want to talk about, well, we want to talk about sports in general, the state of sports in general, but the big one right now, I guess, is football, because that's the thing that everyone, that's what we're all watching. Right. And um, that's... I don't know about you. So I have what my big issues this year, besides the fact that, well, both of our teams are god awful. Um, at the at the time of this podcast, the Giants are one and five, and the Jets are zero oh and six. And I'm sure whenever you're listening to it, it's probably worse. <laughs> and so that's so yes, that's one thing. But that. I don't think the pandemic has anything to do with that, at least in the Giants' case. I think uh, it's, been a, it's been a rough few years anyway, maybe more than a few. So I don't think that has much to do with it. But I will say the injuries this year seem to be on a level that I've never seen before. And I'm, I'm, wondering, I'm wondering, Jacob, like what, um, if you think that's due if you're seeing the same thing, first of all, and if like if that's due to possible like lack of conditioning that we didn't see maybe because not having a preseason, I don't know. But it's for me it's disturbing to watch. I'm having issues with that. Um well first not to shortchange uh these teams a loss. I have the Giants at one and six and the Jets at 0 and seven now. So Oh, okay. So just oh, to add to that misery, that's a combined <laughs> and I'm not a mathematician. That's a combined yeah. uh one and thirteen. Do I have that right? Yeah. Yes. 
and the game we yeah. won was a was a lucky win too. So that's right. That's right. The old go for two at the end uh, with the with yeah. the, the Washington football team. Uh, yeah. So, um, <laughs> but with the uh, to your question about injuries, and I'm actually watching the Bears Rams game right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that's been a thought. I actually have not. I, I and without knowing the numbers, I know there was one week where it was really bad, and I know there's been. Some gruesome injuries like with Dak Prescott, which was was terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, but frankly, and I, I follow this stuff just from you know, like you do with the fantasy football more than you know, where you're checking on injuries. I, I, I haven't found it to be um a dramatic difference just from mm-hmm. what what we're used to. Um, yeah. but it very well could be. Certainly no preseason. I actually think the quality of play has been better than uh what you'd ex- especially coming right out of the gate uh from what you'd expect based on no preseason obviously very limited ota you know the off off-season training uh sessions um training camp to an extent but um you know i think where you see it sometimes Use the Giants as an example. You have Joe Judge, and they're getting used to his scheme. When you have a first-year coach, you would have growing pains anyway. Obviously, mm-hmm. uh, there's more of an adaptation. It takes more time to adapt to a new offense. You can only go through something on a Zoom session so many times, you know, until you do it. Um, so, to an extent, but I really think the quality of play um, has been pretty smooth. And and when I'm watching uh, on at one and four and Sunday night, the games have been really competitive overall. The matchups are still good. And, um, you know, obviously you miss the home home field advantage, but look, you had a Steelers Titans game yesterday. That was uh, terrific. Uh, Steelers were up 27. Yeah, seven. That was fantastic. And, yeah. Yeah. Tennessee came, nearly came back. Um, and, and the missed field goal, you know, you had, um, the Seattle Arizona game on Sunday night that was uh, where Arizona came back and won in a wild finish. The biggest thing in in the football to me, the biggest difference obviously is COVID. You know, and the yeah. idea and and we're putting aside obviously putting aside is not the right word. I'm not. I'm just talking about from an on field standpoint, not the medical risks and and obviously, you know. Hoping that everyone has a speedy recovery. From an on-field sure. standpoint, we've had games canceled and yeah, games moved where the Jets were going to play San Diego the week, the following week, and then it was quickly Miami. That's where you can see more. I think the preparation's got to be challenging. Uh, you had New England travel into Kansas City to play a game on a Monday and then travel out right after. Um, yep. when you think of someone like Bill Belichick, you think it's, you know, a creature of habit, you know, where everything's down to the minute. Um, yeah. so that must've been, uh, different from what he's used to. You had Tuesday night football with the bills. Um, so that's where you're seeing there's, I mean, look, the Sunday night game last night was supposed to be Tampa Bay and, uh, the Vegas Raiders and the NFL didn't want Sunday night to be, to have nothing. So when there were COVID positives among basically the whole Raiders offensive line, or at least they all were put into quarantine. I don't know if they all were tested positive. Um, They moved that game to four or five and moved the Seattle, Arizona game into Sunday night. So that that stuff you would not normally see 
uh, in the course of a season. Yeah, I mean, that. well, that's the thing, too, is keeping up with where all the games are, that they keep moving things and putting games on Tuesdays, like stuff that has never been right. the case. I mean, this is uncharted territory for everyone. But you were mm-hmm. saying that the level of play, I feel like, I mean, granted, yeah, the level of play is, is good for certain teams. I think it's, there are certain teams that are, um, you know, of course, minus our, uh, our teams. You've got team, but when I, when I watch, you know, when I watch teams like, um, like the Chiefs, I mean, to me, they haven't lost a step. They look like a Super Bowl team again. Um, Funny that you mention think, them, though, actually, because some people, I don't think they, they feel they've lost a step, but they feel some of their wins, like the team hasn't clicked on all cylinders, which I think is t- it's hard enough to I, win I don't know. On, on every Sunday. I think it's more impressive that they can win, even if they're not at full strength, or like they had a 26-10 exactly. win over the Patriots. Sunday, <laughs> they won basically with defense and special teams over the Broncos and cold weather. Those are the teams that are successful, the teams that can win in all climates. And actually, I think there are some teams that do not have good records um, that -hmm. are really good uh, or have the potential to be really good in the future. The unexpected emergence so quickly of Justin Herbert in Los Angeles with the chargers. um, I mean, what a crazy story of how he got his shot for the viewers that don't know. He was um, Tyrod Taylor was the starter and I guess he was having an injection or, of some sort and uh the doctor punctured his lung or you know the, the injection was not performed properly and so herbert got the spot start and hasn't relinquished the job um and joe burrow in cincinnati that's a team that's one in five now they're in yeah. every game you've yeah. got to be really excited as a Bengals fan that's the number one overall pick he went to ohio university now he's playing for the Bengals in cincinnati um He's a lot of fun to watch. And then you have teams like the Browns that are five and two now, but when it's when they face tough competition, like really tough competition, uh, like the Ravens and the Steelers, they've gotten blown out on the road. So we're still sort of figuring out what to make of them. Yeah, no, but they've they've been all right. I think Arizona's been pretty impressive. Um, especially last night. I like watching Kyler Murray. I still think I still think Mahomes is, I would say, the best quarterback in the league right now. Um, although there's yep, a lot of good Mahomes. ones, but I, yes. Um, well, what's what do you think of uh, Brady and uh, Brady and Tampa Bay right now? That's Brady, wild. Brady and Gronk. <laughs> yeah, that now that's an example. I don't know again if it was really pandemic related, but where I think it took time for things to uh, get humming. Um, mm-hmm. and even there was talk is Brady and Bruce Arians on the same page, but the way they handled the Packers and then the way they handled yeah. the Raiders. And, uh, I was listening to a show. I listened to shine on sports. This, uh, the host is Adam shine on Sirius XM. He was saying mm-hmm. the idea of like, if you're watching red zone yesterday at four o'clock in that window, you're getting yeah. a side by side of the Patriots really getting pretty dominated by the 49ers mm-hmm. and Brady dominating the Raiders as a member of the Bucks. That's, that's not what you, I don't think many could envision that just a couple of years ago. Well, right. happening a lot simultaneously. Of people, yeah. And, and a lot of people were saying, 
you know, prior to the season that, oh, you know, Tampa Bay is going to stink because it was all Belichick and everything. And, I, and I'm thinking right. Bruce Arians is a good coach, too. He, maybe he's not Belichick, but he's, he's like, he's a good coach. Um, and now, I mean, it's still early-ish in the season, although we're getting close to the halfway point. And uh, it looks like Tampa Bay is a good team, and, it look, and, and the Patriots better. are struggling. And the Patriots are yeah. struggling. Well, and we so, didn't know what to make of the Patriots last year when they had that first round exit to Tennessee, when they had mm-hmm. lost to Miami with a chance to clinch a bye in the last week of the yeah. regular season. Something seemed That's off true. there. We weren't sure, you know, and so there was sort of um, question marks in, in different facets of the organization. And now with Brady gone, that's probably more exposed. I'm yeah. curious what, what you guys think. Do you think, are there any teams that are being affected on a psychological level, whether beneficial or uh, to a detriment, uh, meaning like psychological in, you mentioned before, uh, home field advantage. Some, a lot of these teams are playing to either no, nobody in the stands or very few people in the stands, uh, as well as you have um, just, I guess, questions of their own safety with regarding to what's going on in the, in the world right now, I'm sure that's stressful for everybody. But I'm curious, do you think there are any teams that are either uh, it's been a benefit to them? Maybe like surprisingly playing to few people works for them or mm-hmm. or maybe they need that group of people to be cheering them on to, for them to do well. Do you, well, I guess, you're, what are your thoughts? It's a great question, Mike. It's a really good question. And it's a question that goes outside of um, just football. and so. Um, to break it down, and I, I think with the NFL, I mean, these guys are pros, but of course it's going to be different going into Lambeau Field. Or, you know what, there was a moment in Seattle, which is one of the loudest stadiums in the league, mm. and like Minnesota was backed up, I'm trying to remember. Um, or, oh, they were going for, this was the play where I think, um, Mike Zimmer was criticized for going for two or going for it on fourth down. They ended up losing the game um, in heartbreaking fashion. But the the Al Michaels and Chris Collins were brought up. If the Seattle crowd was there and they were at the end of the, you know, right in the tooth, the teeth of like that 12th man, maybe they mm-hmm. kick the field goal and don't go for it because it's going to be hard to hear. Now that you can mm-hmm. hear yourself and you can hear the, play call it directly affects decision making in the course of a game i was talking to ethan about that i might miss uh, i I quickly agreed that i was going to be at his halloween zoom thing and then i realized it's (laughs) penn state and ohio state playing and uh that's usually scheduled appointment viewing for me uh (laughs) but they're playing in happy valley in state college now that would be a whiteout game that's a hundred Seven thousand people. It's it's an, an amazing spectacle, um, but obviously there's going to be no fans there, so it's hard to, as a fan, feel immersed in the same way. You know, you're mm-hmm. a fan of the team. It's my alma mater, etc. I'm I'm excited to see the, the players on the field, but um, it's obviously very, especially in college football where the atmosphere is so pivotal. Um, so that's one thing where I think it's, it's very different. 
in baseball, it was really a test of resilience. You're in, or in basketball or in hockey, where you're in this bubble and you can't leave that bubble. Uh, and baseball wasn't a bubble till you got to the playoffs, but the protocols were so strict where, you know, you really couldn't go out anywhere. And I don't know, even, you could even take a walk, you know, it was like its own quarantine. Yeah. So teams that struggled early, I'm sure were like, you know, let's get this over with. Um, the teams that were off to a good start, you know, hey, let's battle through this. Um, and if you're a team that got off to a slow start but had high expectations and you really have to dig down and have that resilience. Um, so I think it's had a huge effect in, in that way. Um, and it's going to, we'll see in this NFL season as you get, as teams, you know, you're going to have teams that fade out of the race. Um, some already have. Uh, are they, you know, what's their behavior going to be like? Are they going to follow the protocols as strictly? Um, yeah. Where's the, certainly a, a big factor. Where's the Super Bowl scheduled to be this year? I believe in Tampa. What a year it for is. Tampa, by the way. And I, I, yeah. I, I'm almost sure. I, I know because I think CBS, I'm going to look that up, actually. I believe it's in yeah. Tampa. Um, but what a year for Tampa. You have the Rays in the world. Yeah. Uh, you've got the Buccaneers flying high. Um, yeah. In the, uh, yeah, it, it is in Tampa. Um, you got the Buccaneers rolling. The Lightning were Stanley yeah. Cup champions. Uh, there's no NBA wow. team in Tampa, so can't give them props on that. What a year for the Tampa-St. <laughs> Petersburg region. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, it'd be really interesting. I mean, it'd be really interesting to see Tampa go, but it's like, it's just. You guys uh, were ahead of the curve going to that bachelor party in Tampa, or was it the wedding? Wedding. We had a wedding in Tampa a few, few years ago. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Right. It's all about Tampa now, but, uh, <laughs> but it's right. just going to be so weird. Uh, uh, there'll be no one. I mean, Tampa, do they have fans in, or like a, a limited capacity there? Because I wonder what they'll do for the Super Bowl. It's a good question. I think Florida, you can, uh, uh, you know, yeah. but still, yes. I, th then you're getting into NFL regulations and, you know, you have people traveling from all over. Not that they couldn't travel in now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the Super Bowl will be will be interesting yeah. to see, for sure. Do you think they're going to, for something like that, um, I've seen it in, uh, I guess, basketball, baseball, the... Uh, WWE is doing it where they have like I think the WWE does it where they actually have like live screens of like people watching the show or whatever. Um, right. Do you think they're going to try yeah. to fill the stadium in some sort of capacity, whether it's like half filled with people, half filled with foam statues or whatever? Uh, well, that's yeah, <laughs> that'll be a that's little a different. Uh, look, we've seen that the the foam, you know, the cutouts, uh, right. Yeah, I'm sure the There's NFL faces and stuff like that. Right, I'm sure the NFL, similar to how they did the draft when we were really at the beginning of all this, will come up with a creative way to present it. Um, mm -hmm. And that includes maybe a virtual halftime show or something like that. Yeah. Um, but we don't know what's going to happen. You know, two weeks from now, and particularly right. what the uh, <laughs> what 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 a certain day might imply in terms of you know whether what 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 the national guidelines are sure. um so you know i i think 
the NFL, I'm sure they're they're planning. Um, at the very least, I think you'll see the game. You know, mm-hmm. similar to how you're seeing oh. the game now. Um, yeah, and that's what people are gonna. But it's think of are people gonna have Super Bowl parties? Probably not. And actually, the crazy enough thing is that we were the you know our good friends Connor and Jess. Ethan, did you come this year? Were you actually at that party, or you went out to Long Island? Uh, no, I, I believe I was. I was there. Yes, I was there. Oh, okay. That had to be the Super Bowl. Had to be one of the last, probably the last big event where you had sort of a national holiday and where people could could gather. Yes. Mm, wow. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. That was the last time, and we Which had is crazy no... to think about. It feels like ages ago, but at the same time, I remember it... you know pretty well. Yeah, it, it's it's still less than a year ago, and yep. when we were there, there was no, there might have been some rumblings about this thing, you know, overseas, but we didn't, we didn't have much. At least I didn't have much of a concept of I it. I don't think I knew anything. That, yeah. I, I was try, I was in spring training briefly, you know, at mm-hmm. spring training. Yeah, so. and maybe it was starting to come up, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think even at the Super Bowl anyone was, you know, really. Think, you know, it would have been it would have been like any news story, like oh something's going on, or, you know. Sure. Yeah. Well, the first, at least from what I I think this is true, uh, the first sporting event that was canceled was the Indian Wells tournament um, for tennis. <laughs> that was, I believe, in that's the first that tournament you were paying attention to, but it was tennis. So was <laughs> right. But that was early. It was March. Uh, yeah. I guess it was after basketball. Uh, well, no, basketball. It might have even been before the basketball season was suspended. It might have even. I have to check that. But you got to um, love Ethan. But you it, got the NCAA tournament, and with you know, Indian Wells is a big tournament. But he was just focused on the Indian Wells result and the status was, of that tournament. Well, I just remember it being a big deal that this was canceled entirely. Right when right. it hadn't well, even right. gotten here, hadn't even gotten to New York yet. Um, hmm. or, uh, well, I guess okay. it was, I guess it was in New York, but, um, we didn't, nothing was shut down yet. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, and then they started restructuring things and, um, you know, I know there's not a ton of, probably not a ton of tennis fans out there. At least, uh, they're, they're more spread out. They're more spread out. We'll put it that way. It's more spread out. It's like in terms of, um, well, there, there are, but I'm saying in, it's more of a world kind of, it's not, it's not America cent, uh, central. So, um, you have the French open. So the Australian open happens in January, which went off because nothing was happening yet. And then you had the, uh, Roland Garros French open supposed to happen late May, which they postponed and had moved to, um, late September, early October. And then Wimbledon, which was supposed to happen in July, was just canceled. Uh, end of June, early July was canceled completely. But the U.S. Open went off normal time, but just with no crowd. And they did the same thing where you have them, the players in a bubble. But even with that, some players tested positive, mostly French players. Interesting. So, yeah, very interesting. A lot. So they... That was a big thing. And I was where I, you know, I was, when it all started, I was of the opinion that they just shouldn't do these tournaments. That's just not worth it. It's too complicated. But then when time came around for it, I thought, oh, actually, I really, I miss this. I miss watching this. So I was excited for it. 
And turns out both the U.S. Open and the French Open, French Open had some spectators, but not a lot. The quality of play was still really good. Mm. It was different and it was weird. It, it, what was funny is that when I'm watching it the first like day or two, I'm watching in the U.S. Open, I'm thinking, oh, I don't know. This is too strange with no crowd and it just feels weird. But then you weirdly get used to it. And I think that's what happens with every sport you watch now mm-hmm. is that as it's like it's weird at first, but then you just kind of it becomes oddly normal. Mm-hmm. Microcosm of life, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mask wearing, you know, things where yeah, or wear a mask. Now it's like part of just where's my keys, where's my wallet, all that. But yeah, yeah I agree. I, and, and that's the thing to me, actually, in baseball, it was like there were moments like when a player was better, or like Joe Girardi came back to face the Yankees. That would be a moment. And granted, nothing's normal about this year. And maybe the Yankees yeah. wouldn't have even have played the Phillies this year, but where you would have had a, a video presentation then a montage, you know, and a standing ovation. And obviously there was none of those sort of unique moments with fans, even mm-hmm. the, you know, the fan that catches a foul ball and the kid that, can, you know, so that all that's missing. But I found for baseball, for instance, even though obviously we didn't have a minor league season, I'm always learning from listening to a broadcast so I can get something out of that by mm-hmm. just, it's still baseball, you know, you're still watching. Um, and I think the nice thing about having sports back in this, you know, since I guess the summer is look, I, you know, you got Monday night football, you have things on yeah. at night, or even if you're laying low during the day, you know, um, for whatever reason. And, uh, especially as the weather gets cooler, there's less outdoor options. Mm-hmm. Uh, the idea yeah. that there's, you know, and I think that's why people said, Hey, you want to do football on a Tuesday night? <laughs> we'll be there. You know, that's the thing. Uh, I'm totally fine with it. I I'll right. every day is fine with me as, as far as a spectator, but yeah. you know, obviously you don't want to get these guys killed. And the, that's the thing. I mean, cause I, I, really I start enjoyed the, like the Islanders run, you know? Yeah. I mean, and, and some of the hockey. Yeah. I mean, there, there's a lot of good stuff out there. Um, the thing, I guess, in the beginning that was disturbing me, what I talked about, about injuries, and I think this is just me getting older, is I, I see because the players are so, they're so young, like every, the players now are like 80%, I would say, are younger than we are. I think that's that, safe yeah, to say. Yeah, probably. Uh, maybe more than that. Um, it's just I'm weird seeing these guys. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Besides you. Right. Um, it's just weird seeing these young guys getting cart. Yeah, these guys getting carted yeah. off the field. Saquon getting hurt. Um, it's just oh, I don't so know. That's it's a good to point. See. Saquon was yeah. a yeah. There have I, been. Yeah, I will agree. Brutal. There there have been more star players that have gotten. It feels like Saquon, Dak Prescott out for the year mm-hmm. in the same year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'm trying. To, I'm sure I'm missing some guys that. Even that with that are out for for like Christian McCaffrey out for a long period of time, um, right? So that on the flip side for sure. You have uh, Alex Smith back, yeah. who yeah. didn't think he thought he might lose a leg, you know? Yeah. So right. there, there's there's that side of it too. I am curious what you think with with Saquon, where he's out this year. He was out for about I think half of last year. Yeah, um, at least six weeks. Do, do yeah. you? I mean, do you think he's just very accident prone, or is this just she's just crapshoots? You know, it's just bad luck, or is he just more of an accident prone kind of guy? It's hard to say with running backs. 
Yeah, I mean, granted, it is that position. Yeah. It's obviously a bruising position. I'm trying to remember if it was his ACL injury this year. Uh, was it? There was contact, right? It wasn't a non contact. Yeah, there injury. was. There was. Um, so I don't think of an ACL injury. I think that can happen to anybody, yeah. you know, or a broken ankle. Um, if, if, and I'm not a doctor, so I really don't, you know, want to see like, well, this guy's injury prone or not. I don't, th- but having followed Saquon with him being a Penn State guy, um, I think he's one of the most in shape, mm. hardest working, oh. top physique guys and, and, and just built, um, you know, for, for, for this. So yeah, I wouldn't think of Saquon as injury prone. Well, you see that video of him, anyway. that Instagram video of him over the summer in his pool where he, where he just leaps out and right, stands up. Right. It's like, this guy's oh insane. Gosh. Yeah, this guy's out yeah, of his he, mind. He's, he's a beast. And not just yeah. in a, like, not even just in an Instagram, like, wow, mm-hmm. look, you know, mm-hmm. head of working out. Just, you know, thighs that are like tree trunks. I mean, he is, uh, it's just, I think with what happened this year is really a freak injury. And, you know, you gotcha. see from the outpouring of support. Um, but yeah. I think you, you get more concerned with guys when it's like, Oh, he's out for two weeks and he's out for three weeks. And mm. you know, then the calf comes oh. up or that sort of thing rather than it, which is counterintuitive is there, you're out for less time, but they're more constant. Yeah. That makes sense though. Yeah, totally. And yeah, he is absolutely like peak of athleticism. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. You just, the, the thing that disappoints is he's such a good athlete and he's been playing on such a shitty team. Yep. And then he's been hurt. So you just, you, I feel bad for him because I feel like he's, he's such a talent that he deserves to be somewhere good. So that's why I hope. And and look at injuries are a byproduct. I mean, if there's not a strong offensive line, not talking necessarily with the Giants in this. No, you can. (laughs) (laughs) I'll let you do that. I'll let you do that. Uh, If if you don't have a strong offensive line, you know you're you're more susceptible to injuries. If a quarterback's not protected, the, the old saying he's going to get killed. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. So, um, that's why the Colts worked hard to build their offensive line. Was luck uh, was, was getting hurt, you know, or was getting yeah. How do you deal with the pressure? You look at the Jets and Darnold. Has no time to throw. Not an injury situation. Even it, well, actually, was it uh, his shoulder? He was at for a couple of weeks. I think he Lose was track, but but he was hmm. back. But what what do you what do you think of Darnold? Do you think he has potential, or do you think he's he's a bust? I saw Sam Darnold play at the Rose Bowl. Um, yeah, when Penn State played USC, and he put on a performance for the ages. Um, okay. Again, I think it's really challenging to dissect with that team what his ability is. Um, yeah. And if he could be successful somewhere else. If the Jets are just positioning for Trevor Lawrence, um, I don't like when you're just like focused on one player. Like you know, you just I'm don't s- know same same way what's yeah. going to happen. Um, and Trevor Lawrence is an incredible player, um, of course. But yeah, I think I like Donald a lot. I like mm-hmm. his work ethic. I like the way he, um, you know, some of the throws he's able to make. I'm not defending some of his poor play. But it is very hard to extricate what's his fault and what is a byproduct of being part of the team. Yeah, I mean, I no, I agree with you there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's so hard to know. Um, but yeah, I, I worry about these guys, especially 
guys like Saquon who are have so, so much talent and it just feels it feels sort of wasted. But I hope, you know, I hope next year he comes back strong and I hope the team around him is strong. Yeah. That's that's the big thing. Cuz it's not going to be this year. This year's not going to be the year. Although to be honest, it's anybody's uh <laughs> anybody's uh, game in the uh, NFC East. Yeah, and, and the NFC be, East you know, is like what do you joke. think with with Jones, you know? Like you yeah. see mm. glimpses of really impressive play on Thursday night. That run. And then the team ends up, you know, but he's also commits a lot of turnovers. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yep. See, I, I think he's a, I think he's talented. Um, it's nice he, there. Obviously there's the Eli comparisons cause there's a lot of similarities there. However, I think he throws a better ball and he can move. He definitely yep. uh, can move. He can move, which is fun to see. Um, I like him. I, um, I like his demeanor. Um, he's tough. He's definitely a tough quarterback, but, um, I think it would have been smart to have him learn under a veteran for a little longer. I think he probably should have taken a year on the bench to have someone not, not well, Eli. That's not the NFL these days, you know? I know. I, well, that's not true though. They did that with, isn't that what they did with Pat Mahomes for yeah, a Everyone year? loves the Pat Mahomes example. But it's he a good example Andy though. Coaching, yeah. And Alex Smith as the starter. Yes. That's pretty good. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, no, I mean, I'm for it. It's just, but then you see Burrow and Herbert, and they're mm-hmm. lights out from the start. Right. I think it, but I, I don't know. It depends. The, the way I see it, I just feel like I think Jones will be good. I just think he still has a little bit to learn. So, oh, for sure. Yeah. So that's, but I don't think, but again, it's like the thing with the Giants. I don't think he is the problem. I think there's a lot of problems on that team. Um, one well, being the, the offensive line has been the record over the last seven years or so. That's so well, that's the, <laughs> that's the overall issue. Um, but that's, it's a compilation when fans are frustrated with Jones, they're frustrated by the product that preceded him. Of course. Um, and I think it all started once they got rid of Tom Coughlin, maybe it will start before that really. But, um, once they got rid of Coughlin and then McAdoo had no control over the team, then you had. Shermer, who was just, I, I never liked Shermer. I just thought he was a dud. I thought he was just the guy that was left. I don't think they wanted him. I'm con- still convinced this day this isn't the guy they wanted. He was the only one who was around for the job. Because I think at the time they wanted someone like a Matt Patricia or even um, maybe even Josh McDaniels for a second when he was, you know, considering leaving the Patriots. <laughs> but, um, but I think, uh, and I could be wrong, but I think with, from what I've seen, at least with Joe Judge, is there seems to be a better feeling, from what, at least from what I've read, there's a better feeling in the locker room hmm. that, that, hasn't, that hasn't been there in a long they time. They seem well prepared. They seem well prepared. Mm-hmm. You know, you yeah, don't so see, it, they, they really don't seem to, when they're losing these games, it's not like, oh, geez, they're not playing hard, or wow, what a boneheaded play, you know? Yeah. They're they're giving it they're giving it a lot of effort till the end, but I mean, especially last week was a devastating loss. Um, not that I didn't see it coming, because I always see these things coming. But you know, to be up by two touchdowns, right? With two touchdowns, with yeah, six minutes left, eleven point lead. Yep, eleven points. Okay, still. I mean, it's just I don't know, but again, they're still. They're still contender for the NFC East in the craziest, craziest way. That's how bad this 
division is. The, the the winner of this division, the winner of the NFC East, will have a losing record. And get a home playoff game. Yeah. What do you against an NFC West team that probably you could have all four teams, by the way, in the NFC West make the playoffs. Good. All wait, how all four? How would that uh, even you'd have the uh you're right, you couldn't have all four, you could have three of four. You could have three of four. But you know some there's gonna be like a ten and six team that doesn't make it, and then like you know, Dallas will win at you know, six and ten, they'll win the NFC right. East. Right. It's just great job by Mike McCarthy there. I mean, I'm I'm just using them as an example. I don't, of course, don't want it to be them. But right uh, now, the team that's in last place in the NFC West is the 49ers, who just dominated the Patriots in Foxborough and are four and three. Yeah, exactly. So it's the first so place team uneven. in the NFC East is two four and one. The Eagles. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, yeah, it's, it's very weird, but that's just the way it is. That's the rules of football, but it's, yeah. it's gotta be frustrating if you're one of these teams in the NFC West, it's gotta be really frustrating and we'll see what happens. Fly, fly. It, it <laughs> oh, don't even with that. Oh, that chance. <laughs> they, they're all, they're all, all the Eagles fans always singing when I go, uh, when they're at the Staple of my college Stadium. experience, any uh, freshman dust had uh, oh. a Fly Eagles Fly chant going. Right. Or E A G L E S Eagles. Life at Penn State. They, right, they can spell. It's uh, <laughs> pretty amazing. That's <laughs> always. The that's always. Had a chant. The Steelers had like a song, too. Well, the Eagles have a song. But that's the Steelers, because you had Pittsburgh folks as well converging in central Pennsylvania. There's, there was a Steelers song years ago. It's not the same one because it was specific to a team when Cordell Stewart was the quarterback. This is a long time ago. I remember and, Cordell Stewart, sure. Yeah, but it was like a, it was like a hero, a fight song, but it had like the names of the players in it. So it was like Cordell, like Cordell's got the ball. It was, it was oh. like made for like they they had a run, they had a playoff run, so they got a song for it. I right. wish more teams um, had stuff like that. Like I always think of fun. uh like European football and like how every, everybody like like you're saying like they each person they have like a, a song for each player, they have a song for each team. It's like college this big... football you have Penn State I could oh, teach yeah? you the chance of. Yeah, we've we've got plenty of that. that like why does that not translate over to like football that much? It's like American thing. It's a different connection. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you if you're the the Giants, keep it real boring. They've got nothing in terms of <laughs> anything. No. I, I no think mascots, the, what, the Jets. We got nothing. Jet up. Um, what, J-E-T-S, Jets, the Jets, Jets. Right. And then Fireman Larry. Yeah. Fireman. What Ed. Are, uh, Fireman, Fireman Ed. Ed. Oh my God! Why did I think Larry? Um, you're thinking of Rain like Larry. Maybe. Uh, I wonder what he's up to right now. But Fire, Fireman Ed is just a fan. Yeah, I mean he was great, he I, but he's a celebrity fan. Yeah, he's he's just the guy who. Yeah, but I mean the Giants had the license plate guy, but I think he's in jail or I, something. Oh really? I hated that. I didn't know uh, that. The fans. I, I might I, be making that up. I don't know. <laughs> I can't remember when it was, there. but maybe it was around like the the time. Um, what was it Mark Sanchez? I think it was, and he was still the quarterback. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that 
fans were just like were so upset that like got to a point where Fireman Ed like just stopped coming to the games yeah. for a while. I don't know if there was a dispute with the team. Probably not. I I don't, I don't know. There was, you're right. That that, that may have happened. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad that he came back for, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what he's up to now, but because nobody's there, but he did come back. I'm sure they could pipe, pipe him in through zoom. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm curious. What uh, what do you guys think is, and I, I have no clue is, has been the safest sport, like the the sport where they've been uh, the best when it comes to quarantine and keeping the players safe. I only know my, my CEO is a huge hockey guy, and he, uh, according to him, hockey has been really good with, uh, yeah, with keeping the players uh, healthy. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think it's a matter of one sport. I think every sport has really tried to do a remarkable job of pulling mm-hmm. off um, their season. You know, when you look at baseball. Yeah there was a thought, wait, are we going to get through this? Because you had teams that were sidelined for weeks, the Marlins Cardinals because of outbreaks. Right. And could yeah. you travel players from city city? And now we're at the world series. Um, there is certainly evidence that the bubble is the most, is, is the most um, airtight concept. You know, mm-hmm. you can't, when you're able to, close off an area like the Disney complex, you know, where the NBA really had one area and no, you know, everything's structured of who can come in, who can come out. Media is not interacting with broadcast with the players. You know, they, no one's really commingling. Um, you know, that's gonna, which by the way, fans are losing out when, reporters can't be in the clubhouse and things like that. You know, just fans yeah. might not realize, but they're losing out in terms of that access is a service, you know, to the fans. And as a broadcaster, I think I, it's just my soapbox because people say, well, I, they can just do it from home, you know, and that's not true. But from a safety standpoint, obviously it's understandable why for this year. Right. Um, so the NBA having that bubble, you know, you know, positives that, that I know of, um, then NHL, that's two cities that's nearly, you know, they had a set up really well, even with teams moving from like Tampa to Edmonton for the conference finals. Um, so I give them a lot of credit. Baseball and football are going with, you know, they were not concluding seasons. They were starting seasons. So that's mm, a little right. different. And mm these players are not robots, you know, they have families too. Of course. Um, even it doesn't matter how much money they they might make. Um, so, uh, and there's extended family and there's health concerns like the rest of us have, um, with mm-hmm. people we know. So I understand why they were like, we're not going to do a bubble for four months or a 60 game season or in the NFL's case, a 16 weeks season. They're trying their best. And you know what? I think the big thing I was thinking about this today, because I knew it was coming on with you guys, is adaptability. Um, mm. Everyone's trying to do things as safely as possible. I don't think there's uh, a league where you can point and say that that's careless, that's cavalier. Um, but it's just being adaptable. And you talked about psychology of teams, teams knowing, you know what? Uh, we may have our opponent change next week. We might 
have a bye week this week when we didn't expect it. And mm-hmm. the teams that are able to, like the rest of us in life, roll with what's thrown at us, you know, roll with the punches, you know, it's probably going to come out the best on the other side of it. Totally. Yeah. It has been pretty it's impressive, self-help actually. self-help guide for the podcast. <laughs> no, that was great. That was can a I, great can I be analysis. On, can I be on to talk about, like, self-help books that I'm reading? It can be a separate podcast. I'm not right now, by the way. I'm not 100%. No, well, we, we could absolutely do that. We could do an episode about that. Yeah. That would be great, cool. actually, because I, I, I love episode. that stuff. It's yeah. a little teaser I, for the people listening. Yeah, I episode. love that stuff. <laughs> now um, that I've cleared out my parents' place because they're moving, I, I found books that I read years ago that I could go oh, yeah? back and read. Amazing. Most I still need to read books, great sports books, by the way. I still need to read the four agreements. That's one that's oh, that you had told me about. about yes. I, yeah. That's one I need to read. And I've heard about like in the in the Zeitgeist. And uh is, I still haven't read the Is that the name of the book? In no, the that's Zeitgeist? just a word I like to use. Oh god, that's <laughs> so obnoxious. <laughs> you don't like, like oh, we're in the zeitgeist. What's going on? Oh great. It's it's one of my favorite words. Oh, uh, <laughs> what do you think, Mike? Uh I mean about I'm the word zeitgeist. <laughs> oh about zeitgeist? Um I could take it or leave it. Right. Yeah. What's going on in the zeitgeist? Yeah, when you say it like it that, I hate it. If that helps. <laughs> I use it more as a funny as for just to be funny. It yeah. is funny. It is funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You're really sophisticated. Yes. You're exactly. Like I, I try I try to give the illusion. Yeah. Well, yeah. Speaking of sophistication, I was looking up uh some things that was like, what like what are people some people doing to uh this the, a lot of these articles were back from March when nobody when really nobody knew what was gonna happen with, with sports. Uh, so I was looking up like what are alternatives that people can do. Um, a few of them kind of made sense, like watching some old games, like going back to like an old World Series, going back to an old Super Bowl. We're watching that. One thing that kept coming up on all these lists was play trash ball, which I would imagine would be some sort of form of like basketball in your home, but you're throwing, I guess, paper into trash bins. Oh, which yeah, is quite I mean, a classy game. It might be fun. I don't know. Well, wasn't there? There was that. Um, it, maybe it was a commercial with where Joe Buck was announcing someone they were having like a football game in their house as a family. Oh god! Yeah, but Joe was doing like all sorts of announcing for random events and. Uh, oh, he he was doing it for a bunch of them. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's. I mean. Oh that's, wait, this is real? Or I thought you. I thought you were trying to say it's like it was like a commercial for something. No, no, he actually. That's hilarious. That's great. They give them like some some crazy events to like just you know a family trying to like you know do a cookout or something. That's great. Okay. That's that's pretty yeah. nice. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, there. As I think Joe Buck really has a good sense of humor. So yeah. Oh yeah. Um. So yeah, he that the big thing in the first of half of the quarantine was watching the Jordan documentary. Like I yes. was totally oh, glued yeah. to that. And I actually, I would go and rewatch it again because I just love the music. I mean, I'm such a nerd with like, who's announcing in 98. Mm-hmm. It's like, Oh, Dick Stockton was the t- oh, TNT number two. two. I'm just, <laughs> yeah. issues. but that was a um, great documentary. Yeah. It was wild yeah, seeing like it, it, it is truly amazing. Just like 
the athletic ability of so many people in that during that era was outrageous. Plus, not only that, like it's it mm-hmm. it showed just how much having like leaders like that were able to elevate everybody on the team to play even better. It it was wild watching that documentary. Yeah. Yeah. And just the, the, the differences in the way the league was then and just, you know, Jordan w- and just the, the, the pre-social media mm. age and how Jordan was just a rock star wherever he went. And then just even some of the cameos yeah. like Jerry Seinfeld, you know. What <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was great. It it is well, interesting he, thinking like what would, because it like it is like you said it, it was a very different style, back then it was it was a lot okay. more physical than it is at, at all today like uh, how you get would, away with a lot more yeah yeah mm-hmm. I'm yeah. curious how they would fare today where it seems like maybe the three pointer is taken much more seriously mm-hmm. today, um, it it would be interesting to see. Uh, people in their prime today versus people in their prime back then. Yeah, it's like it's like a sport. Always, yeah, but no, I just love that was a part, an era of the NBA that I loved with Ewing and um, Elijah Wan and yeah. Drexler and uh, Stockton and Malone in Utah and you know games that got to the eighties. You know, yeah. meaning the final was like 85, 83, you know. But the way that documentary was structured going from 98 and then going back and giving you the full arc of Jordan's career and the Bulls and him retiring and the footage and then unretiring and the footage, it's incredible. Mm. Still got to see it. Still haven't seen it. Oh, it's so good. But I got to, it's, it's, yeah, that's definitely one I need to watch. And uh, yeah, that was the talk when that, when that thing came out because there was, and who knows if it was because I, I still think people would have watched it anyway. I still think it would have been a big deal. But I think the timing does have something to do with it as well. Well, that's why they bumped it up. People were just, yeah. they had nothing to they watch. They needed it. Yeah. And, and people were watching, like, as you said, like old games and stuff mm-hmm. like that. It's funny. I really like watching clips of old games or pieces of old games on YouTube. If I come across it, I find it harder to be like, okay, I'm going to watch what's on MLB Network, even though they're doing a great job, but like what's on there at seven o'clock on a Wednesday. Like, I just, you yeah. know, but the, the, or what's, you know, what's Mets classics or, you know, if you run into it, you run into it. That's how, but that was really the only thing on. So it almost became like this sort of community nationwide community viewing right. where it was an event in itself and ESPN to their credit really promoted it. Well, like here's what's coming up on Sunday. You're in this episode. Here's the three takeaways. Then Scott Van Pelt's going to have on so-and-so and so-and-so to sum up the episode. Then there's going to be an article about it the next day. It was incredibly well marketed in addition to the top-notch production. And like in any good documentary, people debate things and like, um, you know, it, it's obviously it's an entertainment program. So it's, hey, you should have included this. Should have, you know, so mm-hmm. it's, it's, that's part of the fun of it. Yeah, I'd love to get into see the the rivalries and the the people in those rivalries and what they had to say today. Where it was like, oh yeah, I was thinking about this, and then the other person was like, oh, I I wasn't even paying attention to so and so back then. Right. Where it, right. It, it was great getting to hear what was going on in their heads. I mean, it it is what twenty thirty years later now, but still, yeah, it, absolutely fascinating. Get to hear. also for me at least, it was a part of our childhood. 
So, you know, it's 22 years ago, but it feels like yesterday. You know, I remember watching six of the 98 finals. Um, Mm -hmm. And and so there's a contemporary element that maybe if it's something from the 70s, you couldn't have that same, you know, connect. I told my dad he didn't remember. Like, Dad, remember when when we went to go see Space Jam? You know, like I wasn't a huge movie person as a kid. I remember going to see Space Jam. I think I had the same experience with my dad. He has, I think I told him the story about going to see it and he just takes my word for it. Right. That's my dad's like, oh, okay. I like Space Jam. Oh, great. Uh, Michael Jordan and and Looney Tunes. Sure, I saw that. Incredible. Yeah, we went as as, as in 1995 or 96. It's great, you know. So it brought back fond memories, I think, for a lot of people. Well, yeah, that's. I think that's very generational because our generation loves that movie. Everyone else thinks it's a pile of shit. Yeah, but it's. I think it's a great movie. It's amazing. I have a VHS copy of it. <laughs> but it's everything else in that era, and yeah, music well, was, and. Well, he yeah, it was the whole thing with him and, and the way you know, Jordan revolutionized, you know, with sneakers and all this stuff. Oh, he's yeah. There's no one like him. Yeah, right. There really isn't. Um, to like an icon like that. There was nobody bigger it's in, so in the rare. 90s. Yeah. No. It's just, it's a different time. It's a different time to be famous now than it was back then. Right. It, it's, you, you wouldn't be able to puncture through the, the noise the way someone like he would or someone like Seinfeld, yeah. you know, or some, yeah. just the distinctive figures just in terms of before cable grew and blew up and social media Michael Jordan didn't need to tweet to make news. He was there. <laughs> just, and the behind-the-scenes oh. footage was incredible, too, just to see him, you know, really getting on the guys or having a light moment with the security guards, you know? I loved seeing the security guard stuff, like, especially yeah. like when you when they started getting into the whole thing. And I'm, I don't want to try to spoil anything, but the whole thing uh, that's all right. with, uh, with his father and then he ended up getting this like yep. sort of fatherly figure with the security guard like that was just why would as, as a normal fan why would we know about that watching during the 90s you know like it was really great getting to see behind the scenes and that's what you love about sports it's the stories it's the people you know even though we play fantasy football that's not what got me at least into the broadcasting business you know I love. Right. I was reading about um, the story of Richard Deitch. He was a writer for the Athletic. About there was this great photo, even though Penn State lost, of like the guy coming just short of the pylon, and like the photographer that took it drove nine hours from State College to Bloomington to cover the game. And she's the one, the only photographer at the state at the newspaper, and she got this great photo that ended up, you know, going viral. Or um, just the excitement from this writer dave jones of the harrisburg patriot news he's like even though you know folks are disappointed about penn state losing he like tracked down this fraternity that like had bought a house across from uh the stadium you know expecting to like have these great tailgates and now they're just sort of outside you know and that's that, that's sports it's 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 sports is very local at the end of the day mm-hmm. uh, and and even though there's a lot of hot takes out there that, 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 that to me is never lost. It's never lost on me. Yeah, no, that's, that's so true. Alrighty. Um, you guys got anything else or 
I'm wiped out. I feel like, yeah, we did we did about an hour. Yeah. If you liked this episode of the Poncho Section, please consider leaving us a review on your podcast player. Follow us on the social medias, Facebooks, Twitters, Instagrams. Type the Poncho Section and look for Headley the Duck. Do you want to support the Poncho Section and show that support? Well, get yourself some Poncho Section merch. We got t-shirts, tank tops, sweatshirts, hoodies, phone cases, art prints, stickers, and mugs. Just go to theponchosection.com, scroll down to the bottom, and click merch. And finally, if you want to be featured on an episode of the Poncho Section, send a voice memo to ponchosection at gmail.com, and we'll play it in an upcoming episode. Alrighty. Well, Jacob, thanks. Thanks again for coming on, and we'll do that self-help podcast real soon. I like that idea. Um, I need most of the help, but yeah. <laughs> we, we all need it. We all need it, yeah. especially now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as always, thank you all for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Peace!